In today's episode, Samuel Smith talks about how to stop being an asshole and start taking control of your future. We riffed on a lot of topics today that may hit close to home if you're currently struggling with addiction or know someone who is. You do not want to miss this interview. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. The man that masters himself through self-discipline can never be mastered by others. Napoleon Hill. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. Welcome to the Do Zone. If you haven't already, check out the dozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and overall, just really a bunch of badasses doing badass things getting more badass stuff done. Once again, that's thedozone.com. Today's guest is Samuel Smith, a good friend of mine. Samuel has always been in business from mowing yards and delivering newspapers at age 12 to building two seven-figure companies before his mid-30s. Poor stewardship and an unchecked addiction to alcohol saw the meltdown and total collapse of his life and marriage, leading to rock bottom and broke when he should have been enjoying the fruits of his labor. Samuel has since been sober for almost five years now and has two companies that he has built back into the mid six figure range this time with the proper fundamentals and stewardship to endure long-term success. Samuel, so glad, so glad to have you on here. Welcome to the zoo zone. Say what's up to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, the, Man, before I do, I just have to compliment your radio voice. Um, I've I've known you quite a while, and um, this is the first time the first time I've got you behind a mic. And oh my goodness, it's just like this refined caramel dripping all over that microphone. You have a wonderful voice for podcasting, so bravo! Um, thank you, <laughs> thank you for having me uh, having me on your show. So uh, to to answer your question, um, uh, a notepad, a notepad. That is the one thing that saves me a bunch of time that most people don't realize is just having the anchor there that I can keep checking back to and in line with my calendar and with time blocking, um, having a notepad that allows me to focus on exactly what I need to focus on and yet still have room to write down the reminders so I don't miss the stuff off of my list. Um, That's been the key. Wow. I think Are you picking that up? Yeah, you got some uh, got some guests over there. It's, it, it is the uh, it's the neighbors. We have a shared ceiling. Uh, they are normally nowhere near as loud as that. I got one of these uh, drop in ceilings, but that, uh, I I do apologize. Do you nah, need to, no we're good. Okay, my bad. So so you know it, that's interesting because I I am a I am a checkbox guy. Mm-hmm. Like there is a catharsis. Uh, yes. Writing down a list of like I got to get these five things done today, and then just. You know, that is with that is my morning. That is my morning. So my morning time block, um, there's a period from 745 to 830 where, um, you know, 
the office opens at 8 30 people start trickling in uh, a little before then but it gives me a 45 minute window to uh, to make a social media post uh, read at least 10 pages and then write out my list of things to do for the day on my notepad now i have one of these fancy digital notepads that saves notes all over the place has its own files and folders and everything uh, but i've run my companies off of off of a legal pad for for years and having that little bit of time first thing in the morning what are the most important things that i got to get done today and you can flick back to tomorrow uh, to yesterday's page sorry and look at items that should be carried forward from yesterday that didn't get done and look at items from yesterday that didn't get done that maybe don't need to carry forward after all you know maybe they weren't quite as urgent but we, ha- sorry go on with all of the technology and all of the advancements and everything sometimes you just can't beat a pen and paper mm, no like it, it's having something there to look at physically and go, right, I have to do this, 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 and this for today to be a success. Mm -hmm. And just being able to go and check those off one at a time. Um, You know, I I have a a master do, doing, and done board, but that has projects that are, you know, from, from a week to a month evolving over it. Jumping in first thing in the morning and committing exactly what needs to be done to my notebook in a specific time window has uh, has helped me stay immensely uh, organized and on task. So take me take me back, Sam, to uh, you. You've you've always been a hardworking guy. You've been successful in the past, mm. and then and then it just it just all evaporated. You mentioned uh, we we talked about you had a you had an alcohol addiction and that was unchecked. Uh, yeah. At what point did you realize that that was destroying your life? <laughs> you don't realize it's destroying your life um, because that would, that, that would mean that, you know, you, you noticed it happening and you could do something about it to stop it. Um, what happens with alcoholism is one day you wake up and your life is destroyed. Like there's no realizing I'm doing this. It's, it was wake up and Oh fuck. Um, the, the life was destroyed. Like there was no stopping it. It had happened. It, it was destroyed. You know, um, I had money and credit and all of it. And then one minute later, I didn't. And, you know, it's taken uh, it's taken nearly five years to get back to having the money and having the credit and having everything fixed again. Um, but there was no real watching it, like get destroyed and realizing it. It just was waking up one day and, and everything having 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 gone and having been lost. And so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't difficult to draw a line under it and define a rock bottom, you know? Take, we'll take us back to that moment. You woke up one day and, you know, like mm. shit flung <laughs> everywhere. And well, my, let's, let's open up some old wounds, man. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. That's just what I wanted to do on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. I appreciate you, mate. <laughs> I got you. So, um, well, the, the reason, the reason that we need to do this though, Sam, is because you're not the only person that's gone through this. And you've obviously uh, been able to overcome a lot of things. And there's mm-hmm. there's probably somebody out there sitting there right now who may be listening to this podcast going, oh, what the hell am I supposed to do? Uh, see, so I was, I, had, uh, I was in e-commerce and we were selling supplements. Um, and it was super simple. Everything was on autopilot. You know, by the time we built everything out, um, I, I really had three employees and we were doing high seven-figure revenues. And... I was working like an hour a day, so I didn't have to do anything else. I could like literally log in, check some stuff, hit F5 a couple of times 
and uh, just refresh a few stats, make sure everything was looking good. And then I was done for the day. You know, um, I didn't, I didn't even have to, to call people anymore because I had employees for that that would ping me on Skype if there was a problem. And so that led to, um, that led to me amplifying, having enough money to amplify the bad habits that I already had. Um, you know, so it was very, very easy for me to be in the bar at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning when they opened. It was easy for me to spend three hours at the Mexican restaurant eating chips and queso and drinking margaritas. And you know, it just, it was so easy. Um, nobody was stopping me doing it. I wasn't accountable to anybody. I had all my own money. I did whatever I wanted to do. And um, all it did, in effect, was amplify all the bad habits I had. And it, when you have money like that and you, you don't know how to control it, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's always going to come. It's always going to come back around and fall to pieces. Um, yes. So it, it uh, reminds me, Sam, of, you know, money being a magnifier. And we talked mm -hmm. about that quite a bit. You know, if you're an asshole. Oh, yeah. You get money. Yeah. It's going to be an asshole of money. You just ask. Oh, and if, you're, if you're if you're if you're an if you like to drink yeah, and, and if, go out and shoot pool and, and chase women, um, you, you just do more of it when you have more money. It makes it so much easier, you know, and I wasn't paying attention to the business and I wasn't paying attention to my health and I wasn't paying attention to my relationships or any of it. Mm -hmm. I just had enough money to do whatever I wanted. So I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you didn't. So, um, no, I didn't. We got caught up in a huge deal um, with chargebacks and fraudulent internet traffic. Um, there was newspaper articles written about it back when it happened. And we just, I just ended up on the wrong side of it. Not that we were doing anything wrong. Some of the traffic sources that we were buying traffic from had uh, allowed fraud through their network and it caused a bunch of chargebacks on our network. Everything just kind of cascaded. And the guys that made it through that were the ones in the industry that weren't out partying, that weren't out drinking, were the ones that were paying attention, were able to pivot. We, I just wasn't paying attention because I, I hadn't needed to ever. It was wonderful. The, it was like a little printing machine for money. You, you never run out of fat, gullible people on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. There's it's, like constant there's in, infinite supply of them. So, you know, selling them weight loss pills for 150 bucks a pop. And having a, you know, we had a, we had a cost per acquisition on our customers of $95. And then we had a lifetime value of our customers of $227. So it was just like, you put money in, money came out, money in, came out. That was it. There was no, nothing involved. Um, and it made it very, very easy to lose control and be out of control. And I was, and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of being out of control. <laughs> And so, uh, it, so what was the switch that really turned that around for you? I mean, you, you obviously woke up so, one day and the shit yeah. was hit the fan. But woke, woke up one day, it was hitting the fan, and uh, we just happened to be um, right around the time my little sister got married. And so we were in England, and we've been, you know, an English wedding, there's a lot of drinking goes on. Um, and I did a lot of drinking anyway, regardless of whether there was a wedding or not. And so um, the two... The two collided. This was, this was like your Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. It was. It was. Yeah. It, but it was like that Super Bowl that only comes every 10 years, you know? Yeah. It was, it was one of those. And so everything had collapsed. And I was drunk for two weeks and, and I was getting ready to leave. We were leaving for the airport 
and hugging everybody goodbye outside the house. And it's like 5.15 in the morning. And my mom, uh, she was 63 at the time, about five foot five, stands on her tiptoes and whispers in my ear, sort your fucking life out. Which, you know, made me quite irritated, I have to say. Um, I was in a, quite a bad mood driving to the airport because of it, thinking, well, there's nothing really wrong with my life. This is just a speed bump, you know, but like having just lost everything and being in the middle of being sued for everything else. Um, maybe it was more than a speed bump. I don't know. Um, and so I got on the airplane and I ordered a double Jack and Coke. And then when the lady started to come back with it, I said, you know, let me just get a Coke. And then, you know, I'll just drink a diet Coke. And then I got back to America and I didn't have any alcohol in the house and it was late and I've been traveling a long time. So, uh, and you know, two weeks on a bender, <laughs> maybe I've deserved a day off. So, uh, I didn't drink at all that day. I woke up the next day for the first time in two weeks without a hangover. And I thought, man, that's, that's pretty nice to wake up without a hangover. Um, maybe I won't drink today. Maybe I'll just take a break. It was a long two weeks. Maybe I didn't think about this. And then, you know, I made it to about day three or day four. And then the, the, the withdrawal symptoms started. And I'm just like, well, if this is what it's going to do to me to come off it now, how much worse would it be if I ever wanted to come off it in the future? And so I said, I'm just not going to have a drink today. And then I, I just kind of say that every day now. That's it. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd quite like a drink, um, but I'm not going to have one. That's it. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't want the consequences of that action. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of power in just making one decision today that will help your future self. I'm not going to have a drink today. Uh, and, and that's different than saying, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. I quit yes. drinking. I'm so that's how I did it. That's how I did it. Mm -hmm. that's yep. exactly I'm, just, that. I'm not going to do it today. I had a similar, um, uh, I, you know, I like having a drink every once in a while. It, it has probably gotten me in trouble a couple of times, but you know, I, I haven't ever considered myself having too much of a problem with it, but I was a smoker for half my life. Smoked cigarettes, right. hated it for probably 90% of the time I hated it, oh, but wow. I kept doing it. And, uh, until I just didn't want to, you know, like that's what it, you know, I, I'm not gonna have a cigarette. Well, I, I don't need one. I don't how, want it. How old are you, mate? How old are you? So we're the same age. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but once you pass 40, your friends are either all relatively sober or they all still go out and party. But the ones that party seem to all have weight issues. Mm -hmm. They seem to all have relationship issues. And then they start having rapidly onset in health issues. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be like this little switch that goes off at 40. Um, and then people finally start to get it. And most of my friends now don't go out at night drinking and hanging out and partying and maybe do it, you know, once every quarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, you're, you're right. Uh, and I didn't think about it that way, but you know, you, you get to this certain point in your life where, you realize, okay, if I keep making the decisions that I've been making, mm -hmm. 
the quality of this life is going to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And I actually want it to go in the opposite direction. Correct. You know, and, and we have to start making decisions. And so anybody yes. that's here, you know, listening and you're in your thirties and, and you're out there partying, <laughs> this is your future. <laughs> yeah, Just pump the brakes a minute. Yeah. Don't yeah. because like the pattern I see is, is the first time around the first time guys get successful at business. Like they've really like hit a home run and they've got money. They've got, like they've got what they wanted they've made the money but they haven't learned how to keep the money making money is an art form keeping money is a science mm. right so the first thing these guys do is drink more and eat more and gain more weight and it's like this just repeating pattern in entrepreneurs on their very first success cycle it's very rare you see somebody become successful and not gain weight mm. yeah it's uh it's it's the craziest thing because we we start taking our eye off of mm-hmm. self-care really what it's it's not so much that you're overeating or whatever necessarily no, you just don't care not taking care of yourself i'm busy i'm just gonna grab a cheeseburger mm-hmm. you know i'm busy let me let me just run and grab this or grab that and then before you know it you're eating out three meals a day because you didn't take time to just make a few things at the house and it's and it's one uh-huh. of those Kind of going back to something you mentioned earlier about those withdrawals started coming in when you quit drinking mm-hmm. and how long did those withdrawals last? Mm. It was uncomfortable for a couple of days, but it wasn't too much longer than that. Okay. So uh, when I quit smoking, you know, the, the nicotine withdrawals were fierce and it was, it was three or four days. And then it was three or four weeks after that, where it was just kind of like a constant nagging, mm-hmm. but then then it stopped. And then I realized that I spent, you know, I calculated up that I spent like $60,000 in cigarettes in my life and wasted 20 years of my life and probably lost five years off of the back end. Uh-huh. All because of about a two week window where I was going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. same thing with alcohol, you know, like, you're throwing your life in the trash because you can't be uncomfortable for a couple of weeks. Like this is your life, man. Mm -hmm. You got to take care of that. Two weeks is nothing compared to the damage that you could do with. I mean, yeah, I I have to go to the doctor now and get certain hormones and certain prescriptions because of the damage I did to my, myself uh, drinking heavily for 20 years. And that's just that, you know, there wasn't a weekend from 17 years old to 37 years old that I don't remember not having a drink like every weekend and, and getting drunk like every weekend. And, and then most nights of the week as an adult, but uh, like every weekend it was a regular thing. And like I wouldn't get drunk, but like it, um, let's say sitting on the couch and drinking two or three doubles and then going to bed. Like that was normal every single night. Um, and I didn't think I had a problem. It wasn't until I was drinking, you know, about a half a bottle a night, plus going to the pub, plus drinking at the restaurant at lunchtime, that it, it really, like, that's a problem. And so that moment when your mom asked you to sort your life out, mm-hmm. there, was, there was obviously a catalyst for some change. Uh, this business yeah. kind of fading out, and you started into some new businesses. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, we can, we can talk about what you do here in a minute, but yeah. What did you do differently from the start to make sure that you didn't end up repeating the past? Hmm. 
I, nothing. The only thing I did differently was say, you know what? I'm not going to have a drink today. Mm. And that was the catalyst that gave me the clarity to realize that maybe I didn't know what I was doing. And the failure that I'd had gave me the humility to be able to look at my business knowledge and look at my experience and say, you know what? maybe it would be better to enlist the help of people that are a little bit more experienced than I am. And that was the, the, the real catalyst that, that got me to pay for coaching. And um, I went out and I hired, um, I, I, I was hired to train some realtors in marketing. And uh, I have a background in oil and gas law and oil and gas and mineral estate is very similar to real estate law. So um, I ended up seeing a skills gap in the real estate market and going and getting a real estate license. And, um, you know, 87% of realtors fail within the first 18 months. And that's an office from the national, that's a st statistic, sorry, from the National Association of Realtors themselves. And so I started a real estate company focused on internet marketing which is what I was doing with the supplements, um, tie in my marketing experience, my legal experience together. And I still couldn't figure it out. Hmm. So that was the catalyst. If I had been drinking still, I would not have had the wherewithal about me to seek out help. I would still have carried the ego that I had. And I think having that ego and being able to fuel the ego with alcohol and with attention from women and all the other good stuff. Um, it really was, it really was the, the fundamental part of my downfall, you know? So there, there wasn't one real like defining moment click, but fundamentally like just saying, I'm not going to have a drink today allowed me to be, clear in my mind and clear in my intentions and have the ability to go hire somebody that could guide me, you know, and the crash and losing everything, it gave me that ability to be able to put my ego aside and receive instruction. But there wasn't a point in my life before that I was ready to take on any lessons because I knew everything. You see? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're, you can't see things until you're ready to see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they got to smack you right between the eyes and they will drop you right on your ass. And that's just, that's, that's what happened to me. Um, I'm a much better human being. There's a conversation that I had last night that I'm, I'm considering doing just like a completely separate episode about, but I think it's relevant here. Go ahead. Uh, there is this uh, concept of the five stages of change mm -hmm. and they are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance. And <clears throat> the idea here is this is, this is coming from a therapist, a friend of mine who's a therapist. And she says that most people who enter therapy or counseling, especially addictions counseling, mm -hmm. they're in this phase of pre-contemplation. This is a mistake. I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here. I don't know why they made me do this. Right. They're not even yeah. contemplating that there's a problem. They don't realize there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and her entire job is to move people from phase one to phase two, which is contemplation. Like, Hmm, maybe, maybe this is a problem. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe I do need some help. 
-hmm. And then we can get them into preparation. Like, okay, we got to organize your life in a way to where there's, you know, you're not going down to your dealer and, and scoring, scoring another high, you Mm -hmm. know, and then you got to take action and like not do it. And then we've got to maintain that. Right. And, and as she was explaining this to me, I'm like, man, that's, that makes total sense. And I know we've been talking about addictions a lot on this particular episode, but it also applies to business. Mm -hmm. It also applies to how you run your business. Uh, I'm perfect. I don't have any problems. Well, (laughs) maybe you need to get some help. And, and, and if, and if all we can do Sam on this episode is convince people to go from that pre-contemplation to the contemplation, like, you know what, maybe I can't do this on my own. Well, I do need some help. The key to convincing these guys is that they don't realize at all what it's like on the other side of this fence and how much joy and freedom there is over here. And the cool thing about everybody I've met on this side of the fence, yourself included, is that everybody that has figured out how to become a successful entrepreneur themselves wants nothing more than to turn around and give that back to the people that are following and coming up and struggling down that same path. Like, that's it. Don't be afraid to ask. The people that are further along this journey than you, they get joy from giving back to people that are doing the work. So just keep showing up, keep doing the work. Yeah, man. Well, Sam, I think that's a good segue here into our do zone diagnostic. I'm just going to rapid Uh-oh. fire some questions. Are you ready? Let, let me un- unpack my surgical bag here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> what you got for me, pal? Whipping out the scalpel. All right. So just five <laughs> quick questions here. No, What's just, just a hammer. <laughs> it's just a hammer. I got a hammer and some duct tape. Yeah, right. That's it. It's like Civil War style doctor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam, what's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? Man. I read them out. I have them all written down. I have an I am statement. Um, it's in my pocket if you want to. Like, but no, like I, I have an I am statement and I speak them out loud um i i figure that's like the best way to keep them front and center to visualize them and to speak them into existence so yeah i carry a i am statement in uh, in my pocket and uh that's yeah, great it's, it's about it's about four paragraphs i read it at least twice a day um, that's yeah. awesome and and how do you get back on track when you lose that focus uh, well you know some days you don't it's just how it goes. Um, I like to go for a walk. Uh, I like to just put everything down and step outside and make a little circle around downtown, around my offices. Um, I was having this problem the other day. I had no idea what it was and uh, I just needed to step outside. So like I always do, I went for a walk and you always pass people, you know, downtown. And uh, before I'd hit the end of the block, I had said good morning to a friend And then I came around about three blocks further down. My other friend was unloading some produce into the back door of his restaurant. So I gave him a hand moving some boxes. And then I walked through his restaurant. And on the way out, the front door of his restaurant, I saw another friend of mine that I got to chat with. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 10 minutes, 12 minutes into my journey, my mindset and my focus has totally shifted from my problem into just just having a good day. Mm -hmm. And then... I finish up my walk, I can come back to my desk and it's like taking a big, fresh breath of relief. That's what it's like. So yeah, I, I put my stuff down and go, go outside for a minute. That's, that's literally how I, how I do it. 
Awesome. Well said. I appreciate <laughs> that. And, and who is your support group uh, and how do they keep you accountable? My support group. Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, I have some some that have to um, remain unnamed. I have some some help from some people in Apex. Um, but my, the, the guys that hold me accountable aren't my support group. Um, my support group is there just to lean on and bounce things off and, uh, just, Hey, am I doing this right? Or they'll hit me up and say, Hey, I'm feeling a little bit low. Can you like give me some, a pep talk and stuff? And it's great, but they don't hold me accountable. Um, actually what holds me accountable is all the people that are watching, um, my employees and being there for them and making sure that we've got work coming in and making sure that payroll's covered and making sure that they're hitting their goals and, and getting to live their dreams as well. Um, you know, my kids, making sure I'm around to see them, um, making sure that, you know, I'm in shape so I get to last as many years as possible uh, to guide them and, and be a great dad. Um, those are the things that hold me accountable, pal. Like, it's, it, it's the people I'm doing this for that keep me accountable, whether they know it or not. I haven't heard that perspective before, but it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, Sam, speaking of it, it's just, obviously that's uh, creates some challenges in your life. And um, how do you approach a, a difficult project that you're not really oh, sure how to complete? It, it, that's a really, really simple thing uh, to answer. Um, you put all the problems in a pile and you just start tugging at the problem you said what's the most immediate problem that we've got so generally when you look at a business what's the most immediate problem that we've got it's like well we don't have enough money or we don't have enough clients mm. right but you've got to start somewhere and so find the most immediate problem and then i just tug at that because all big problems are um there's no such thing as big problems everything comes down to a, a yes or a no it's either going to move you as a company and a human towards your goals or it's going to move you as a company and as human away from your goals. It's either going to align with your core values or it's going to be out of alignment with your core values. It's not fucking difficult. What's difficult is the fact there's so many of these things just all piled up on each other. So it looks like a really big problem, but it's not. It's just a bunch of little problems all stacked up together, blocking a drain hole to where the water can't get through. So you just, you just pull it the most urgent thing and then you take the most urgent one and you tug away at it until you find the easiest thing to fix in it and you find that urgent problem it might be three problems broken down and you just pull and you just keep tugging at the little threads but um that that's how i that's how i solve really big problems and make them really simple is, is find the most urgent thing and just tug away that's great man and then last question what is the number one pro tip that you'd give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time Oh my goodness. Understand your time, understand it, own it, control it, spend it like money. That's it. Like just understand that time is money. Um, wait, no, somebody said that before, but it, it, it really is. If you treat time like money, uh, you can budget your time. You can save your time. You can do exactly what you want with your time. You can direct your time exactly where it needs to go. So if, perfect example um three years ago now uh, my friend was playing guitar and i said i've always wanted to play guitar he said well you, you're 38 mate you better hurry up I'm like, well damn yeah you're right so i went from always wanting to play guitar to put in 30 minutes twice a week into my schedule specifically to sit on an evening and say this is my guitar practice in time and guess what i can play guitar now yeah because i took control of the time so the secret to getting 
as much accomplished as possible and way more than you ever thought possible. The secret to doing it all is committing to what you want to do and then controlling your time and making sure the things you commit to are allocated in your time budget for the day. You would be surprised how much time you waste watching TV, surfing on Facebook, going to the bank, going to the grocery store. You know, there's so much time is wasted when you have no focus on what you want to do or where you want to go. But the minute you find that clarity and you know what you want to do and you allocate the time in your day to do it, you will get so much more done. So do a time study and, uh, and you won't like it. When you figure out where you're really spending your time, you will be embarrassed. But one of the first few things that we go through um, with our new clients is a time study to find out just exactly what they're doing during the day, because most business owners are busy being busy. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's and how you get more done, man. And that's, control and that's what the that's what the do zone is all about. It's about more business, less busyness. Oh, right on. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so like tell me a little bit your. Uh, you've started two successful businesses here. You got into real estate. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about what's going on now. What What do you do? Who do you serve? Okay. So, um, yeah, I wanted to be, I, I didn't, didn't ever really want to be a realtor. It was just, I saw a really, really big gap in the market for the skill set we had with media. And so we started a media company to shoot real estate videos. And then that just turned into a media company that actually makes marketing videos. Now we specialize uh, in only videos. Um, but that all grew out of having a need to sell real estate, to sell online, sell on the internet. And um, I was looking to increase my uh, organic traffic to my real estate pages. And so I asked one of my coaches, uh, Jessica Stroud, I think, think you know, Jessica, um, I asked her you know, how to emulate the group that she had. Uh, because she is known as the referral queen. So obviously, if, if it's the referral queen, I'd like some lessons from that, please. You know, yeah. I'd like to know what's going on. And so she she showed me how to set up a Facebook group about something I was passionate about. And I'm passionate about business and entrepreneurship. So setting up a Facebook group um, and talking to other business owners, my goal was to provide value to the group and to have the group buy real estate using my services, right? That was the goal. But... When I sat down and started meeting people and networking with people from the group, um, we started hosting events and talking to people. Um, I really got a sense of struggle and pain and of being overwhelmed and of confusion and so many problems all these people had that I'd already been through and come out the other side of very successfully and had strategies and, and had been to workshops and classes and had had practical applications of doing this shit in real life. I didn't just read this stuff in a book. Yeah, I've been doing this for well over 20 years. And yeah, I've, I've put my foot wrong a few times and lost a shitload of money. But the fact that I've lost seven figures allows me to make seven figure decisions in the future. That's, that's why I'm here. And anyway, I felt this pain of these people. I'm like, why don't I just start talking about failure, honestly? And um, I had been podcasting for several years as a hobby, just with a couple of buddies of mine. Um, we had a podcast at the cigar lounge we just talk about you know business and, and politics and whatever and I was already comfortable on camera I already had a media team so I just started talking about failure and started talking about the things that went wrong in my business and how I fixed them and I started inviting other business owners that I knew uh, to share their stories 
And at first it was like pulling teeth because nobody really wants to talk about failure. Um, if you go to like the uh, the Chamber of Commerce meetups or you go to the, the Realtors Association meetups, again, not a, not a knock on these guys, um, but nobody in those kind of associations is openly talking about the times they failed and the lessons they learned from those failures and what it felt like to not be able to make payroll or to have nuts in your stomach because rent was two months past due. Right. Nobody yeah. talks about that openly. And so I had a, I had a podcast that I ran for four years. We did 238 episodes called how to lose money. <laughs> I and, love it. And it was exactly that because nobody wants to talk about what didn't work, but mm -hmm. in those cracks and those margins and those depths, that's where all the good stuff is. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. And so I started interviewing bigger and bigger names from around the world of business. And um, I, I didn't intend to become the small business surgeon. Um, and now it, it's very strange because I'm stepping out of both of my companies. I've hired uh, an integrator for the real estate business. I've hired a operations director for the freaking media company um, in order to let me grow into the small business surgeon and actually become this, uh, this, character that i have you know whittled from a stick i don't know how i how, I, I don't know who put me in charge of this i just started talking to successful people and asking them to share their stories of failures for the benefits of everybody that's coming up the ladder and they all said yes like i don't feel special at all i just feel like a guy that asked a bunch of questions from successful people you're a conduit dude exactly i found this little just gem in that everybody that has become self-made and become successful, they love nothing more than sharing their mistakes so other people can avoid them. And just everybody's happy to, to come on the show and talk. And, and I love it. So, you know, I've become in the small business surgeon and now I'm starting to head up projects for other businesses and for investors. And they're starting to give me money to, to build you know, things for them and to put structures in place within their businesses and, and, and go in and actually show them how to build out core values and build out teams and build out marketing and stuff. So it's, it's stuff that I never thought I'd be doing. Um, but I have 20 plus years of practical knowledge of doing it in the field. And really what stopped me from being self-made in the, uh, and, and having in the, in, the, in the nine figure, eight figure, nine figure bank account range, what stopped me was my ego and it was alcoholism. It wasn't my knowledge of business. It was the fact that I wasn't quite ready to receive that amount of blessing because I was still an asshole. And I had to learn how not to be an asshole to people. And like, I feel bad, man. I mean, I know I'm going to open up a bit too much here, mate. We've been running way too no, long. Please. No, no, but you talk my... as long as you want. But 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 you said something really important here a lot of times. And for anybody listening, I think that I think that they can resonate with this. <clears throat> There's a lot of really smart people in the world. There's a lot of really smart people listening to this podcast that are working some dead end job wishing that they could do something. There's a lot of really smart people that are listening to you speak right now or on your podcast or they come to your meetup and they're thinking, man, I'm running this business and I'm just running into a wall. I can't get past it. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm smart. I already know all the stuff. Yeah. But, then but you're an asshole. Way. But, you're, but you're an asshole. <laughs> Dude, listen, I feel bad for my ex, for the mother of my kids, because yeah, she knew me 
from my teenage all through my twenties. But what she got was what she got left with was um, fucking alcoholic asshole. Mm. That's she doesn't know the man I am now, like what I've become, what I've the the lessons I've done, what I've grown into. Is her lasting memory of me going to be as an alcoholic asshole? Mm. I don't know. But if you're sitting and listening to this and you think that you might be an asshole, you know, maybe you are. <laughs> maybe it's time <laughs> to do something uh, something about that because I Star Wars is real, Josh. There is a dark side and a light side. Yeah. There's a dark side to business. There is. You know what I say? You never run out of gullible fat Americans to sell shit to, and it's easy. Yeah. That is the dark side of business, mate. Like, yeah. It's not having a positive impact. That's not helping people achieve their goals. That's not selling a quality product that's going to move people from point A to point B. It's not going to help them lose weight. Because it's, it's just... easier for me to buy a pill and take a pill mm-hmm. than to change my lifestyle. And mm-hmm. to get up and exercise and than to put down the cheeseburger and not eat that slice of cake. It's so with marketing, I can make you think what, what I want you to think. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not, and it's easy. And the dark side of the force is easy. It's easy to get power, but at what cost? There's the question at what mm-hmm. cost. And now I'm on this light side where I'm just focused on impact and what can I do to help the people around me and how can I improve the situation of every person that comes into contact with me, with my company? How can I take every single client one step closer to solving their problems? And um, you know what? The, the, the money still flows. It does. And, and it, flows, it flows in such a way that I feel nice and I get joy and I'm constantly happy and I'm smiling. And there were some times in the supplement business where I'd feel so dirty. I'd wonder if I could just peel off my skin in the shower and clean the inside and then put it back on. (laughs) Because you will never run out of fat, gullible Americans to sell weight loss pills to. Never. Well, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I try to to live by one rule in business. Um, And I mean, there's a lot of rules that I try to live by, but there's one that always stands out. Uh, in, in what I do. And, you know, I'm on, I'm on the phone and I'm, I'm selling expensive stuff uh, to, to some people that, that really need help. And sometimes I get asked questions well, like, are you guys a scam or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, and I hope, part of it's like, well, why are we on the phone if you think we're a scam? But, but the other part of it is I, I always say the same thing. I always say, listen, I really like sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. I really like being able to go to bed and feeling good about what I'm doing for the world. And if I didn't feel good about it, I would stop doing it. And that's my personal advice to anybody out there that is losing sleep over how they make money. Change it. Yeah, absolutely. Ain't worth it. And you're not making an impact on anybody in the world uh, except for yourself and in a negative way. I completely agree. hundred percent. Yeah, man. Uh, Do you edit this show? Uh, well, I mean, I can, but you know, do you have, do you have one I of those? Usually, I'm going to let it, I, I just like, let it fly, man. No, 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 no. You're gonna have to edit this, but do you have one of those beeper noises? Beeper noises? Yeah. Like a I beeper. That, no. oh, all right. Yeah, listen, it's, all in, it's you, all in your head. You have, you have to add a beep to this. Okay. Okay. But the, the fundamental thing here is, you know, how can I leave every situation better than I found it? And it all boils down to this, Josh, don't be a cunt. <laughs> that's it okay 
All right, so that was the first use of the bleeper on, uh, on the Do Zone podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna let it, I'm gonna let it roll, man. It's on yeah. you, buddy. That's I think that's you. solid advice. I'm not too worried about it. It's yeah. Okay, that's. I on think you. if the censors come after me, I'll be like, well, the dude ain't wrong. <laughs> dude ain't wrong, man. I don't know. You know, you're gonna censor that. I don't. You know, the problem's on you, man. So, I, the fair warning, though. Don't don't let the kids listen. <laughs> so so Sam. Yes. Who, who do you serve and, and how can they get in touch with you? Man, business owners, um, you know, ideally, most of my clients now are in the high six to mid seven figure range looking to build and scale from there. I Those are the guys I serve personally. Um, but I also serve any small business owner, obviously through the podcast and through the media that we put out, through the videos that we we create, um, through both of my companies, Live In College Station and the Texas Media Foundry. Um, we really specialize in small business owners. Um, but yeah, I serve them for free on the podcast and on my Instagram. You can follow us at Small Business Surgeon, and it's just Small Business Surgeon on iTunes, on Spotify. Um, man. I love to serve business owners. Um, for me, it's like it's like playing Clue, but I can see all the cards at once. I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do, and I get great fulfillment from helping people from one problem uh, into the solution and into success. I love it. Awesome. Small Business Surgeon Podcast uh, mm-hmm. on Apple and Spotify. Yes, and sir. Then, and then also you're on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, you can find us all over YouTube and Spotify, Instagram. And we have a TikTok. Um, all that I, I, I don't have a TikTok. Like somebody, somebody has one. Somebody does like, my face. Like, yes, it's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. But like, yeah, I I just love to be able to help people. Man, if if I can stop one guy drinking himself to death, then hey, it's a yeah. win, right? That's great. Well, Sam, dude, I really appreciate you coming on here uh, and and sharing your wisdom, being vulnerable, and and really getting into the nitty gritty about how to be successful in life by not being a cunt. <laughs> you, you, you diminish the impact of my words. Anyway. <laughs> hey, we're going to wrap right, up from right. here. Thanks so much to our guest, Samuel Smith, uh, for Brother, joining thank us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that wisdom here. You can connect with him at small business surgeon on Instagram. You can also check out the podcast, small business surgeon uh, on Apple and Spotify. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to the for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. You can also join our Facebook group of the same name until next time. Remember we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. 
if you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? (laughs) Go do something already. See you next time.